Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your bodily Thou fluid. Thou shalt kill all of your Everybody's had a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble you, but you can pretend tea. like you will. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We got Katie. She's the redhead. Hi. And we got Carly. She's the blonde. Hey, guys. All right. This is a big day for Straight Up Evil. When Carly, Katie, and myself got together to do this podcast, the first person that we ever talked about covering is who we're covering tonight. So it's Carly's episode. Let her take it away. All right. And it's, it's a good one, guys. It's really good. I am so obsessed with this entire story. It is, you just got it. You got to hear it. Mary Vincent. Okay. The absolute most badass, wonderful woman in the entire world. Yes, she is. So, uh, September 29th, 1978, Berkeley, California. Mary Vincent was 15 years old and she was hitchhiking to visit her grandfather in Corona, California. Um, she had had, you know, it's like a 14 and nine, 419 miles of a difference going south. So about a six hour trip in a car. She had a troubled home life. Um, her parents had divorced. She was like one of seven kids. They just never really got along. She would skip school all the time and, you know, get into trouble that way and always like had the bad boy boyfriend and, you know, got into trouble. And um, so she, that summer, ran away from home, um, which was Las Vegas, to go live in a van with her then boyfriend that summer um, until he was apprehended by police on rape charges. Not right. Not but a different girl in high school, because she's only 15 at the time. And he, yeah, we're off to a great start, really great start. So she's living in this van with her boyfriend. He gets arrested, and she has nowhere to go. So she decides she's going to try to go visit her grandfather um, in Corona, California. So she's going to hitchhike, which she's done many times before. So she was totally comfortable doing so. And remember, this is the 70s. And unfortunately, it was super, super common for everyone and anyone to hitchhike, regardless. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's just a couple minute drive, six hour drive across the country, people did it everywhere. I, I so wanted to ask, have any of us ever hitchhiked? Never. In our lives? Never. No. Have you seen No. Nope. And I mean, I've definitely talked about it before. Like, oh, let's go hitchhike, you know. But no, I've never actually done it. Nope. Have you ever picked up a hitchhiker before? No. No. I was no. in a car no. of, of three people that picked up I was in a car of three people that picked up two hitchhikers once. How old, like, were the hitchhikers? Probably 20, probably 20. Um, I, it was the first Bonnaroo I ever went to oh. on the way home. Hey, I have a Bonnaroo. I have a Bonnaroo t-shirt on. Um, nice. uh, the, the first one I ever went to, I was 17, um, and it was, a group, like, a group of people in the car and we picked up two people and drove them from like the nor northern Tennessee to like the DC area. So pretty, pretty far. I mean, granted, like you yeah. were with a car full of people, so like yeah. the odds of anything going south are lower. It, right. um, it was not my idea to pick them up, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I also, I also wasn't driving, so I didn't, I'm, you know. I'm just sitting you didn't have you're really, yeah. Yeah. You're Did in. you have to sit next to one of the hitchhikers? No, I was in the front seat. I was okay. I was in the passenger seat, so I did not have to. They they had did have a smell though. I'll tell you that. Okay. But yeah. they but I I did not I didn't have to sit next to them. <laughs> okay. They did but. have to smell. Also, like, was everyone a rapist in the nineteen seventies? Or is that just like everyone raped, apparently. <laughs> Hashtag, hashtag everyone raped. 
I'm just the the kid, her her like childhood boyfriend being accused of rape. I'm just like, what was happening? Yeah. What was happening? Yeah, there was there's a lot of lot of dysfunction. And this so this is I mean, this is our common thread theme here always going on, man. It's just it's not good. Not good. So like Mary is hitchhiking. She's not, she's not the only one hitchhiking. She's with two other hitchhikers who are also trying to go south, Southern California. I think they were around the same age as her, like maybe a little bit older, but like, again, just like three kids just trying to hitchhike, you know, across the state, which is just so scary to think about nowadays. Um, so she's sitting there trying to hitchhike and a blue van pulls up, driven by then 50 year old Lawrence Singleton. Mary said he was like a grandfather type. He was wearing like a blue overalls or coveralls. Um, he has like a huge bulbous, oh, bulbous nose. Like, have you seen a picture of him, Quinny's? Because it's disgusting. Sorry. Yeah, super He's creepy. Not, super, yeah. super creepy looking. Super creepy vibe. Um, but she said he was a grandfather type. It's fine, you know. He said he was gonna he was gonna be driving to Reno, but he would alter course to go to Las Vegas to bring her, you know, where she needed to needed to be. But he only had room for one, not the other two hitchhikers, which were going the same direction. He had a van, but he only had room for one. And he said, "Well, I have a daughter your age, so I can take you." So right off the bat, red flag. Red all flag. All so, so, all the signs. All the signs. So even the other two hitchhikers cautioned her, like, maybe you shouldn't go with him. Like, this is not, this doesn't seem right. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm tired. I just want to get to see my grandfather. Like, I don't care. I've hitchhiked a million times before. I'm just going to go. So they drive off. And Mary lights a cigarette and sneezes. So Singleton reaches over and touches her neck to see if she was sick, which, again, another red flag is popping up all over the place. She pulls away out of reach, she's creeped out, but she doesn't think too much of it. She, you know, just kind of pulls away and ends up falling asleep, taking a nap. She wakes up a little while later and realizes they're going the wrong way. So she grabs, she looks around, she grabs a pointed surveyor stick and, you know, points it at Singleton and demands he turn around and go south where they need to go. He said, I'm sorry, I'm an honest man who made an honest mistake. I'll turn around, but first I need to stop to relieve myself. Pulls over and gets out of the van she gets out to stretch her legs and she's like, something really kind of seems off. I'm not really sure about this. So like, but I should be fine if I have to outrun him. He's an older, heavier set guy. I'm a young girl. I can definitely outrun him. Not a big deal. But she looks down and she notices that her shoes are untied. So she bends down to tie them, which I can't ever find out whether she untied her own shoes or if they just happened to be untied while she was sleeping. Because who knows? Maybe he untied them? I don't know. Maybe she did it herself. So she reaches down to tie her shoes, and Singleton comes up and hits her over the head with a hammer. He continues to beat her across the back of the head and punches her until she falls to the ground. He then forces his penis into her mouth and tells her to perform oral sex or else she'll die. He'll kill her. Then he drags her to the back of the van and rapes her. He tells her not to scream or he'll kill her, and to obey him if she wants to live. So he then bounds her hands behind her, and she's naked, um, and then leaves her in the back of the van and drives for a little while longer. Eventually, he comes to a stop where he cuts her hands free and orders her to drink some unknown alcohol from a plastic jug. He had actually been drinking out of a random milk carton while he had been driving her, which they later found out was alcohol in the milk carton um so he was he was intoxicated um so mary is beaten raped and now intoxicated and she's raped again until she passes out oh my god like <clears throat> just horrific she regains consciousness a little while later and the singleton looking down at her ordering her to lie at the edge of the road she's pleading with him to let her go he says, you want to be free? I'll set you free. And hacks at her left arm with an axe. She had grabbed with him at her left arm really tightly. And sorry, I lost my place. I had grabbed at her, I grabbed at her, grabbed at him with her left arm really tightly, and it was still attached to him when he chopped it off. 
and she ended up falling and couldn't realize why she's falling down because she knew she had grabbed on so tight and she just yeah. singleton flailing to get her arm unattached from his arm like that's so horrifying she said later that she felt everything she was aware of everything and it was just excruciating he then keeps going and hacks at her right arm stopping it off and stuffs her then unconscious body into a concrete culvert leaving her to die so he drives literally as you're saying it I, like my blood like as i read it every time yeah. like i just I, oh. I boil it just makes me boil from the inside like he tells her i'll set you free okay and by free he means dead because he just plans on leaving her to die thinking she's basically near death anyway and just stuffs her naked hacked body that he just you know chopped her own arms off and just shoves her you know what i mean like in this little culvert and just leaves her there in the middle of the california desert you know at night disgusting. just sick sick son of a bitch god so she wakes up she's still alive she's at the bottom of a ravine bleeding profusely alone naked you know, obviously she's probably disoriented because she was, you know, hit over the head so many times. She'd been raped so many times. Like, horrible. She somehow musters the strength to stand up and walks three miles out of the culvert, which she later found out was the Del Puerto Canyon. She's hearing cars, so she follows the sounds of a nearby freeway. And she realizes she needs to stop the bleeding of her arms, so she shoves her arms into mud to stop the bleeding. And she walks with them raised up so her quote, blood and muscles wouldn't fall out. She later recounted that she kept going and pushed herself to stay awake and survive so this wouldn't happen to anyone else. I'm sorry, like, I don't, I just also don't think that I would know to put mud on my, oh. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that either. I would know to <laughs> need, that I would need to hold them up. Yeah. But it's to shove like, them into mud, I wouldn't have thought of that, no. No, like the only thing that I can think of is maybe the ground is cold, like semi-cold. Right. And, and it, maybe, so maybe there's some like, some relief in, in that. But no, I never would have thought to do it in the first place. She's unbelievable. Like she's an serious, it's just like matter of survival, level of survival yeah. skill. Right? A survival skill that we wouldn't have thought of. And we're in our thirties. She's 15. Yeah. She's She's right. She's like falling right. how many times after being beaten. You know what I mean? Unreal. Like she still has the wherewithal to think of these things. It's just insane. It's just crazy. It really is. So she walks the three miles at night, naked and alone, holding her arms off, and she finally reaches the freeway. And the first car that sees her just speeds away. Just sees her and just keeps going. And she said later that she doesn't blame them at all for not stopping, considering how she looked and like what state she was in, which yeah. is just breaks, oh. breaks me, kills me. I know. I know. Breaks so, me. A little later, a second couple um, stopped to help her. They had been traveling on vacation. They stopped to help her. Um, they wrapped her in some linens they had in the back of their car, drove her to a nearby airport where they could call for an ambulance because nobody had a cell phone in the 70s. Like they had to get to an actual landline to call them. She's in the back of their car and all she could tell them was, he raped me. So the police get there and Mary is able to um, give the authorities the, uh, you know, details of her attack and describes her attacker's face. She gives such an accurate description that the, com the composite sketch is, was as realistic as a photo. So they show it on TV. Singleton's neighbor sees it and immediately calls the police knowing that it was him, like immediately. And they said later that the neighbor, you know, they were friends. Like he had no idea that he was a bad guy in any way and had no, no reason otherwise to think that he would have done such terrible things. But because the picture was so obviously him, he knew he had to call. Like, wow. I know. Well, he knows now. He, he knows. Everybody, everybody knows now. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> so come to find out. Singleton was a um, divorced ex-merchant seaman. Uh, at the time, he was 50 years old. He was father to one daughter named Deborah, who he had you know, not a good relationship with. 
Um, and he had reportedly had drinking problems and was very abusive. Um, he had spent much of his time, you know, throughout his career on the high seas and like wasn't home. But when he was, it was never anything good. So they arrest Singleton for Mary's assault. And six months later, he stands trial for her assault and charged with rape, kidnapping, mayhem, sex offenses, and attempted murder. Uh, he pled not guilty, stating that Mary was a $10 whore that he had picked up with two other hitchhikers named Pedro and Larry, which is his name. His name is Lawrence. He went by Larry. And he couldn't think of another name to pull out of a hat. He had to say his own damn name because that's how stupid he was. So he said that if anything like that happened to Mary, it must have been the other Larry. It definitely wasn't him. He took a nap, you know, and it couldn't have been him. There's no way. Oh, I just can't even take it. He did all these terrible things to a 15-year-old girl who's the same age as your daughter, as he said, because that was true. And he said, oh, nope, she was a $10 whore. But I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything with her. It was the other guy. Are you fucking kidding? It makes me so so he actually stated that he felt he was the victim in the attack and decided to sue Mary. He yeah, claimed, this fucking bastard. He claimed, it's too much. He considered the alleged events that she had stated and knew he was not guilty. He remembered Mary threatening him um, that, he was, that she was going to accuse him of rape and that she had brandished a stick at him which technically she did if she pointed the surveyor stick at him when he was already kidnapping. So how does that, you know, mean anything? At what point, at what point do you retaliate by chopping someone's limbs off? At what point is that, is that your move to subdue a woman who you have already tied up and taken against her will? Like, She's 15. She's not even a grown woman. E even if she was, it still doesn't. I can't. Oh, there just seem to be those ones, those, those ones that come along that they just, they have something real, real extra, extra sick just to kind of top it all off, you know? Like, if it's not bad enough, all these things happen to her he decides to sue her after calling her names and saying, oh, I'm the victim instead. It's mind-blowing. It's completely mind-blowing to me. It's crazy. Um, so he decided that the reason he had become violent at all was because she had brandished the stick at him. And then he um, stated that the courts had mistreated them. So he filed another complaint and sued Mary for forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. Well, the court decided that they were going to dismiss that because it was complete and utter bullshit. So at least there's one positive, slightly positive thing that's happened so far. So Mary testifies against him in court um, in his trial, and her testimony actually helped convict him, and he was sentenced to the maximum amount of 14 years. That's it. 14 years. She actually won the $2.56 million civil judgment against him, uh, but he was broke and unemployed and had like $200 in savings, so she got absolutely nothing from that whatsoever. He goes to jail, and he actually only serves eight years and four months of his sentence and was released for good behavior. Like this alone makes me so incredibly angry at so many people at so many things like mad at him mad at the, the justice judge, system mad at the justice system in general like mad at everyone like how is that allowed how is that allowed how is it allowed that the maximum amount at the time was only 14 years to begin with unfortunately this all of that yeah, and this seems to be a common occurrence again too, where just like mishaps in the in the in like work right. as far as that how goes. Is he, like how is he even eligible to be released for good behavior. Who cares how good he is? Look at what happened. He was convicted. He did that. 
they found him guilty of doing that assault. He hacked her arms off after raping her and leaving her to die, but 14 years is fine. And yeah, major, major faults in the legal system, for uh, sure. So, so angry. So in the meantime, Mary has two prosthetic arms and actually had part of her leg taken out to like try to save her right arm. And so, um, it, you know, she's dealing with two prosthetics. So it actually ended up being the kind with um, like two metal hooks at the end that kind of like open instead of like, you know, like an actual um, hand looking prosthetic. It's just like the hook. Um, she fell into a deep depression. She suffered from nightmares so bad that she ended up like dislocating her shoulders and cracking her ribs, trying to get out from bed a few times. Um, she couldn't find a job, so she couldn't pay for her prosthetics to be fixed. Um, after the assault, she still didn't have a good relationship with her parents. Um, they stated that they couldn't help her. They were too absorbed by like how the incident affected them. Like really, they couldn't handle helping her in any way because it was always like how they were victimized by this. Um, in the meantime, like Singleton's own daughter, Deborah, um, was so terrified of him. And when she found out that he was getting released early, she actually tried desperately to have him kept behind bars. Um, she had called, you know, the prison and like tried to talk to, you know, the warden and all these people like, please keep him there. Like he, he will do this again. Like he is a very dangerous man. Like he, she actually quoted saying, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to help to keep him in longer. And I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtained a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you he's a danger. I said that before the first crime. I've changed my name multiple times and I'm moving across state lines. And all you suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within say 300 feet of me. Like, why, how is that the answer? How is that the answer? It's it's a it's a shitty excuse, but it's because he has served the state of California has deemed that he has served the amount of time that is necessary <clears throat> for the crime that he has committed until he commits another crime. Literally, until right. he reoffends, they they can't they can't hang on to him. It's 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 fucked up. It is. Spoiler alert: He does offend again. Oh, we're shocked. We're so Spoiler. shocked. I know Spoiler everyone alert. listening is absolutely surprised. 100%. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, but after his eight-year sentence, he's paroled to Contra Costa County in California, but no town would accept his presence. So he ended up having to live in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin State Prison until his parole ended a year later. Um, he then actually moved back to Florida, where he had previously lived. Um, and then in 1990, he was twice convicted of theft and served a 60-day sentence. In 1997, a neighbor called police to report Singleton assaulting a woman in his home in Sulphur Springs, Florida. When the police responded, Singleton answered the door covered in blood, and they found the body of Roxanne Hayes. Um, she had been stabbed multiple times in her upper body. She was a sex worker and a mother of three. So he did it again. And if they had just kept him or had a longer sentence to begin with, like that poor woman would still be alive and those three children wouldn't have their mother. Um, Mary flew to Florida for Singleton sentencing um, for the murder of Roxanne Hayes and testified about her own ordeal. And the judge sentenced him to death. Um, but he died of cancer in 2001. So still not any justice really happening at all. Um, Mary went on to get married and have two sons. Um, she attended the University of Nevada. Unfortunately, she still had to suffer some more hardships in her life. Um, she ended up getting divorced. She had to file bankruptcy. She had her house repossessed. Um, but eventually she began to heal as she focused on her sons. Um, she was not only a survivor of such a terrible, horrible, horrible assault, um, but she became a victim's rights advocate and a chairwoman of a foundation for victims of abuse, um, the Mary Vincent Foundation. Um, she's spoken at schools across the country in the hopes that it would prevent other young and impressionable teenagers from hitchhiking. 
Um, when her prosthetic arms needed updating, she used spare parts from broken down refrigerators and old stereos, modifying them to up-to-date models. Like, so, so she's so smart, like she could just take, you know, random parts and just take her away and fix her own arm. It's amazing. It's just amazing. And then she also began to um, paint, draw, and sketch using her prosthetic arms. Um, and she said that before like this attack, she couldn't draw a straight line. But like after the fact, she just like became, you know, you know, inspired, I guess, to try to do some artwork. And now um, some of her works are valued at like $2,000 or more. So she's actually really good. Um, she actually became really good at bowling as well after she designed her own system of holding the ball. Um, she so told cool. Her, it is really cool. It's so, so cool. I love like, that she, part. She figured it it's out. Like, she just figured it out herself. It just further shows her survival skills too, like yeah. just in life too, you know, exactly. like. Like she just keeps, she keeps trucking. Like even though she dealt with like depression and like with suicidal, like here and there a little bit younger, you know, in her younger years, had to go to therapy. Like she still just somehow figures a way to just keep pushing forward. Um, she told the Seattle PI, there's all this stuff in the world that's been discarded. If you keep working with it, it will work with you. And like Rick said, like, she was discarded like Singleton discarded her and left her to die in that canyon and she died and like now she's this inspirational badass woman like helping other victims of abuse it's just crazy it really That's is she's she's extremely inspirational for sure to say it the is. least to say the least to and say the really least. Really and is. also like um oh you like oh i thought uh, you think your life is bad like you think did you, you have that day? Did you think <laughs> that your that your life sucks? Did you think yeah. that you have a shitty life? Are you miserable every day? No. Oh, no. okay. Well, just you don't know. How just watch this podcast. Just watch this podcast. Okay. Like check her out. Okay. Like she's just ugh. I can't. And also, yet again, why are we not taught self defense in school? We should, I've always been taught self-defense in school, okay, from the beginning. And granted, who knows if that would have helped her or not. Luckily, she still survived. She still ended up having all these, you know, good instincts somehow to keep surviving, which like, who knows how many girls, you know what I mean? Like, knowing her story could think like, okay, now I know that if, unfortunately, if my arms get chopped off, if there's mud around, I can stick my arms in the mud help them seriously you know what i mean yeah for sure it's so crazy but also think about those poor people who picked her up yeah coming across that oh my god they're traumatized for life themselves they can Can write a damn book themselves probably they can write a damn book themselves like i would like to say i'd be able to help someone in such a in such a situation, but I don't know that I I could because first of all I wouldn't know the first thing what to do to help, and also I wouldn't know I wouldn't be able to gather like what am I seeing like what is happening, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so crazy. Yeah, it's just yeah. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I would react. I'd like to think that I would pick them up too, but I I you're right. It's like it's like nothing you've ever seen. No, no, that's straight out of a horror movie type shit. It's straight out of a horror movie. And then also, like, say we're alone in the car. You're driving somewhere by yourself. Like, unfortunately, my first thought goes, I'm a single woman alone in a car with no weapon and no way to defend myself. Like, what if, you know, obviously Mary was in a different, you know, state because she didn't, you know, her arms were cut off and, like, she was obviously in a really bad situation. But, like, anyone can pretend that they're having you know, trouble on the side of the road, you can go to help them and then they can pull it over on you and attack you. Like that happens. It's another one of those life kid lessons well learned. Don't get into fucking cars with strangers. Do not. Okay. Don't do it. I, I got to throw down some, uh, some crime history. 
that okay. this case that I feel like this case brings up that we have seen in the history of straight up evil and in the history of just crime in general. She was found in Modesto, which if we all so having lived in that area for a period of time, if you're in Berkeley and you're supposed to go south to get to Corona, he did not do that. He went east to Modesto. So he went in, in inland, like into cow country. He went mm -hmm. into like the Central Valley where like 60, 70% of the U.S.'s food comes from. So it's like these rolling wow. pastures, um, dairy farms, all of this stuff. So if she were to wake up, and look around, you don't see the ocean anymore. You just right. see, it's just gotta be so terrifying to see that. But she's in Modesto. And as we all know, Lacey Peterson, born and raised in Modesto, and three-year-old Lacey Peterson was in Modesto when this happened. Oh and God. I just feel like that is a weird true crime synchronicity. Her husband, her, he, he was, he grew up in San Diego, so he wasn't even there yet, mm -hmm. but Lacey was. And I just feel like that's a weird, it's wow. bringing up, it's bringing up all this, like all these like feelings for me, yeah. you know, about, wow, especially that's about wild, that case, Quinny. which, which we really should, we really should cover. I know yes. it's been covered to death, but it, I, I'm so fascinated by it same yeah it's a good I one really, really for am. sure Definitely. um uh what what is what carly what do you think the motivation is to cut her arms off what is that like what is the after the rape he's gotten everything he wanted uh you know it, it, a lot of times when we see women brutally brutally raped they're just shot in the head you know like mm -hmm. it's a quick um, or they're strangled, you know, in a much more passionate way. What, what is that? Like, what, what do you make of that? Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously he's not, I mean, what kind of fight was she going to put against him at that point alone? You know, 15 years old, right. he'd already beaten her up. He'd raped her. She's naked. She has, she had her hands bound before, you know what I mean? Like she's been through all of this. She's gone unconscious a couple of times. He's a 50 year old overweight man. Like, he wasn't afraid of her in any capacity, for sure, um, of fighting back at all. I honestly think that he either just, I mean, obviously he had um, history of abuse with his wife and his daughter. So, like, maybe he was just an angry man. But I think he just was, it, it took him over the top that she, like, fled for her, like, pleaded for her own life. And when he said, like, I'll set you free, he just, like, switch to flip like um flip to switch like how dare you even pretend like beg me for this like after all I've done already like don't you know like this is what I'm gonna fucking do to you and then just like went over the top and like lost it hmm. I just don't know why <clears throat> he would chop her arms and not just like you would think he would go for like her head or something to just yeah that that really confuses me I want I want to understand it like um I've been watching obviously I've been watching a lot of Golden State Killer mm. stuff and he with the sexual nature of his crimes and the rapes being the primary the primary purpose of, right. of what he was doing he just bludgeoned them to death after after the fact and he had a, a sledgehammer that he hit her over the head with. He could, he easily could have just yes. bludgeoned her to death. And I just don't understand. It's a, I, what I think is it's, that? I think it's a mind control, mind fuck thing. Because it's like him saying the word, those words, you want to be free? Like, I'll set you free. Here you go. Kind of type thing. It's total, complete mind control mind fuck but what chop, i wonder also arm off. why didn't he because you like with other cases that you see like their limbs are chopped off they continue to just dismember the body and chop the rest of the body yes to dis, you know yes it. so like this was just like a scenario shoved her away and hid her away but then i don't yeah. wonder if he like then sees that and like somehow just like wants to like get it out of his get it out of his mind 
and that's why he hides her away in that like over and just like goes you know it's like, so like, odd yeah it's such it odd it's like such an odd i feel like thing to do like at, at first i was i spent a little bit too much time thinking about why you would chop somebody's arm i really i was like what what leads you there like what is it you know and i i was thinking about it and i'm like is it so that she never hitchhikes again oh my is god is it like is it like you don't even have now you don't even have the option to do that ever again like what like i know it's it's almost too that's too it's almost too like movie or something it's too caring almost yeah 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 like he pulls too much like he didn't he called her a ten dollar whore after she testified against him you know what I mean? yeah like, no i don't yeah i don't think he gives a fucking fine fucking douche yeah. shit back. sorry <sighs> No, oh, definitely gosh, not. But like just... the fact, also the fact that we see him him murder a sex worker, I'm like, oh, so this is the classic. And then the um the uh, my uh, it was my other personality or whatever the hell the other the other Lawrence in the car. You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that is that's like, okay, now you're just Gary Ridgway or you're just the Hillside Stranglers yeah. who are just making wow. shit up and yes. just, and doing well, this whole like Madonna whore thing. Like if you're not yeah. completely chased, then you're a total slut. Like it, I feel I like- I like the idea of him being like a um, schizophrenic and, and those being his multiple personalities. <laughs> But th that's what I'm saying is they all eventually get to this point. John Wayne Gacy was like, had some like, was like, oh, that was Jack who did those murders. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Man? Exactly. Like, it well, I mean, obviously he wasn't with it. He was, he sues her and claims that he was the victim and everything. Like, but is it just because he's a dick or is it because he's actually like really mentally ill and like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's complete bullshit. Honestly. Both. Both of those, I think. He's throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's but. like the Golden State Killer, too, trying to, oh, here I am. Yeah. Oh, my does walker. That not, like, does that not just, like, make you want to fucking, like, torture him? Smash something. Yeah. Like, it just, it oh, makes you just want to, like, for, okay, awful. so that's, that is something that we should say is that I watched an interview with Patton Oswald on The Daily Show. And oh, okay. he was talking about how, what we were talking about in our update episode about how the Golden State Killer is in a wheelchair and he looks so frail. Uh, there is, <laughs> there is uh, significant evidence to suggest that that is all an act in order to garner sympathy. Um, yeah, which I, is, I totally believe it. Which is just like, you know, it's bad enough that you've been hiding for fucking 40 years and now you can't even stand up and say, like, this is mine. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, oh, God, it's just the worst. What does he think is going to happen? They're going to hear about the numerous, the longest list of, you know, assaults and crimes. Like, ever in be like, the history oh, well, of everdom. You know, though, he's really old now, though, so maybe he's okay. No. Poor guy. Let's take it easy no. on him, shall we? He could die of a heart attack in the middle of the trial, and I'd still be like, good. Good, awesome. Bye-bye. Like, Thank him a couple times. Dead. Yeah, make sure, Faster and also, airlines. don't fucking take your eye off of him for a fucking second, nope. because he's oh. a slippery fucking fish. So don't, yep. do not, you know, yep. I, 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 yeah, I just, that just made me so pissed when I watched that. I'm oh, like, oh, man. It makes me mad going back to um, Larry Singleton that he was finally, finally sentenced to death. Finally got that. So many years later, not even for Mary's case, but like it helped get the death penalty in the end anyway. And he just dies a couple of years later of cancer. Like that was not. No, it's not. It's not. It's you're right. It's not enough justice. He 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 deserves. He deserved a lot worse than that. I I yeah, can't get. I sure. can't. 
I can't get over Mary Vincent. I can't get over her like as a person and just the amount of endurance and amazing ability to be a survivor like that. I mean, that just doesn't that we don't see that. This is like we said, this is the first case we've ever covered where someone has survived something like this. And not only did she survive at the time, like she survived the initial attacks, she kept on surviving. Like she, like many, unfortunately, like many people commit suicide after these kinds of attacks. You know what I mean? Or can't, you know, they can't, they can't handle it. And you know, if that's how they have to do it, that's how they have to do it. But like, she just keeps on trucking. Like she just keeps on surviving every single day, regardless of what it, you know, throws at her. But at least- at least her and his daughter know that now he's never heard them again because he said. So did you see that little uh, snippet about him, what he said to her during the trial? Yeah. Is that true? Did that, I, like, is that, I think so, right? I, I, I saw in so. a couple sources. Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent, but I did see a couple different, different sources had mentioned it. Yeah. He said, I will, I will kill you if it's the last thing I do. Yeah. Yeah. In the trial, like in the court. I'm done. Yeah, I can't. Like, and then then he gets out, like, and then he's like out and you're, and like, like, I don't know. Three when he gets out. Yeah. Like to think that she still has to live this whole life being afraid living yeah. with him yeah and then like all the, towns, all the towns like protesting that they don't want him to live there like they he tried to they tried to like move him yeah you um you said contra costa and i'm like quinny paul holes that's his that's his police department that's his beat he could have been like i'm not t- guess what i can't even do a paul holes impression guess what larry larry you can't you better not come to contra costa county Paul Holes, whenever you want to come on our show, you just tell me, okay? Anytime, Paul. Anytime. Whenever you want to come on Straight Up Evil, you just let us know. He is the man. He really is the man. um, He's the uh, man. It also reminds me of the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders. Yeah. The young young girls whose bodies were dumped on the side of the road. Yes. Yes. um, Interesting interesting story, that one, too. Yeah. I saw that on ID. Go. I saw that one on Investigation Discovery. Yeah, that shit is, and still unsolved, obviously. And uh, I, I, yeah, we'll have to do some digging and see what else, what else Larry could have been doing. Because I guess he wasn't particularly known to law enforcement until he's in his 50s. Right. I mean, he yeah. was an abuser and a drunk, but, uh, but. Not- a user and an abuser. A user and an abuser. But like, can you imagine that Mary is his first, his first victim, okay? And he already like has the random jug of alcohol. He has the hatchet. He has the sledgehammer. Like he's gonna go immediately and his first his first thing is gonna go, I'm gonna assault her, I'm gonna beat her, I'm gonna rape her, I'm gonna kill her. No. Like they usually escalate. There's no way that that's his first first thing. No, no way. Yeah. No, no way you have all that shit in your in your just in your trunk. Either. Yeah. Yeah. What are, who are you? Why are you, who who are you? Seriously. What are you, a freaking sophomore? I agree. Like, we got to just ban vans. I'm with True Crime Branch on that. Ban vans. Just get rid of vans altogether. No more vans allowed. I have a, I have a white creeper van though. (laughs) In order to have a van. I need that van. I need that van. In order to own a van or wear coveralls, you have to pass like a series of tests. <laughs> and to the are, you're not gonna... no. <laughs> Oh, that's great. It's so crazy. Um, but everyone, I have to say, Mary Vincent Foundation and um, donate if you can do something. Yes, please, please, yeah. Oh, crazy. I. I definitely have to say that this one, obviously, I mean, for obvious reasons, <laughs> um, I, it was the most, it's been the mo- one of the most emotional um, um, cases that we've covered. 
for the whole, for our whole thing. The serial killers, the ones that are doing all the crazy shit, even homeboy slim, I forget his name at this very second that was, you know, placing the whim, the bodies and stuff, you know, even him. It's like Gainesville Ripper. Gainesville. Thank you. Gainesville. Um, it's even that it's this one it just really really just strikes you because of because of just her fight i think and just and we it's not even now we can still hear from yes her. yes and you still have that that effect her the lingering effect of her story yeah for sure but it's pow it was so powerful and like i i was telling joss too before we got on with you right before we started um i was telling her that i <clears throat> let Jen read your thing about the story, mm-hmm. which she wants, she wanted me to tell you that it, she really loved it. She like, she thought your oh. writing was really good. Okay. And I was like, yeah, she's, I'm like, Carly's a, a writer. And, um, but, uh, so she told me to tell you that, but also she was like, she likes, uh, we're sitting like in a little screened in like a Zebo and she's reading it off my iPhone. And all of a sudden she just, I just see tears streaming down her face. Oh and she's God. like, she literally is like, and she fixed her prosthetics with the tools. I'm like, I know, I know, Jen, I know. Oh so, yeah, this one hit. This one hit for sure. Like it just really touches like your soul, you know. But like, like you guys said, like if you think you're having a bad day, you think you're having something bad happen to you. You have a bit of a headache. You stubbed your toe. No. Go to YouTube and watch this episode. Dial it back because your day could be so straight up evil. Seriously. It makes me so, (laughs) it makes me so like, as if I don't have enough fascination with this subject, that whole like, oh, you want me to set you free? I'll set you free. Mm -hmm. It like, it like rolls around in my mind after hearing it. And I, it makes me wonder, like we put these piece of shit murderer human beings on trial for the evidence that we can prove but we don't know like what they said in those final moments where people don't survive like what what sort of indignity that was and that really bothers me yeah that's those ones really really bothers me those ones haunt you those are the ones that haunt you it's the same with um golden state yeah. with because his words and actually being able to hear him say words that he was like when he was calling the people and saying yeah. the, oh, I'm come over. Yeah. I can't yeah. I'm dead I we can't even talk about it Just I know it. It's, it reminds it's like the Gainesville Ripper it's like when he cuts that poor girl's head off and leaves it looking facing her, at her yes December body it's like that alone the act of that is so terrible and the psychology behind what he is making her look at. But imagine yes. what he said to her before he even Ex- did that. Yes. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Oh like, my God. And fa- like, thanks to Mary Vincent for being able to tell us what was said to her. It yes. makes you, it just makes you, uh, it makes me like inspired to survive and even more right. inspired to like get these fucking people exactly. off, off the street streets yep you know yes. and so uh, we have we have to keep covering more and more unsolved cases because we yep. can we can get I, these fuckers i we think need it's also important i think it's also important for us t- as this podcast as well and like our straight up evil and what we've created here i think it's also important that we like mention to the importance of like how we want to really acknowledge the victims, you know? And like that, even though the stories always become about the killer, that it's really for us, like it's about the severity for the victims and like the people that actually suffered from these tra- these tragedies. And I just feel like it's important that we always just like make that known too, you know, that like they're they're the most important thing, the victims, because I feel like they're so... And I think Mary is just the perfect example of that, yeah. of just like yeah. how the victim is like the person that is the most important thing when these things happen or the families of those awesome. victims, you know? 
part of the reason why, like in my telling of the story, I called Mary Mary and I called Lawrence Singleton by his last name because like, no, he doesn't get to be a person in her story. I love it. Like he's not allowed to do that. Like he doesn't. I love that. That's when you, when you Google Mary Vincent, the first thing that pops up is him. Mm -hmm. And that's horrible. That's a, that's a horrible, that's a horrible reality because probably the mo- most of the time when people look for her, they want to hear this amazing story of right. what she went through, you know, but, but I love that. I love that. It's about her and you're right. It is, it is entirely about the victims. That's, that's what's most important. And just the ripple effect of like, of their family and everyone around them yes. who, who their lives are never the same after it either. So even if, even if you're not a nut, like the three of us, and you don't want to solve cold cases, or you don't want to take the time to research, or you don't want to get that deep into it. I strongly encourage you to just look at the National Missing Persons Database or the Charlie Project and just look for your area even, or just go to your state police website and look at anyone who's missing just, just from your area, because you'd be shocked at, you might know someone or you might've been there. You knew that you could, that could help. You don't exactly. It's just about taking a peek and going, Oh, well, you know, it's, you don't have to get too deep into it that leave that to us. Mm-hmm. But, but you, you can, you can, uh, arm yourself with that knowledge and then you'll know, you know, what if, what if, uh, this, this poor woman, Roxanne in Florida had found out who that guy was before, but had seen his face before, you know, it's, sure. it's just yeah. about familiarizing yourself. It's all mm-hmm. that, that, um, knowing your surroundings, you know, that we talk about all the time, like just, yep. Being aware. Yeah. Yeah. It's really more important than you even think, even just like, yeah, like consciously to have that knowledge somewhere. For yeah. sure. <coughs> For sure. Oh. What a story. <clears throat> what? A it's story. a good one. Yeah. It's a bad one, but a good one. It's- right. And I've been wanting to do it forever. I'm I ready. know. I'm so glad we finally <laughs> got to do it, Quinny. I'm the, I, fin- I finished reading it. I'm like, no wonder this B wanted to do her so bad. Oh my God. What a story. I was like, yeah, I gotta do it. Gotta do that story. Yeah. Oh. She's the best. Yeah. For sure. All right, Quinnies. Who do we have um, next, Quinnies? Next week, we have Gail Beth Katz. Which will be my Gail Beth. Gail Beth. And she is another just, it's a great story. And also, um, speaking of the victims being the focus of the story, that is not her full name. Her full name includes the last name of her husband. And I will not be associating her with him at any point uh, when I don't have to. I like it. That's how I like it. (laughs) Taking him out. Taking him out of the story. <laughs> Taking him out of the story. Just over there. Get out. Right.